Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Movie Season. Today we're going to be talking about one of my favorite movies in the genre that we'll be covering this month, which is action comedies. And it's a movie that Justin, up until today, had never seen, which blows my mind. But that movie is Big Trouble in Little China. So, not necessarily true. Um, what, do you, what do you mean it's not necessarily true? I've, I, I think I might have seen it once. I remember, mm. a couple, I remember the lightning coming out of fingers and stuff. Yeah, but you could have seen that. You hadn't seen it all the way through. Is what no, I'm no, saying. I've never seen it all the way through. And if you had, it was so long ago that obviously you don't remember. Well, it's really it. weird because I've seen almost every John Carpenter movie. It's a director you don't really think about. Like when people ask me, like, "Hey, who's your favorite director?" Um, you know, but just in terms of how many movies of his I actually enjoy. Um, he definitely have to be up there. I mean, he, he's been a part of like some of my favorite. So that's, what's even weirder about it is that I really enjoy his movies and I love Kurt Russell and I haven't seen it. It's really bizarre. Yeah. Yeah, it really was. Uh, so going into this movie, um, I've, I've seen this movie several times. I, I don't even know how many, uh, exactly, but what, what were your first impressions of, of this movie and did it kind of live up to the hype in your mind of what, you know, I kind of made it out to be. Yeah, it was about, it was about what I imagined it would be. Um, it, uh, it, the thing that kind of surprised me was like how, how quickly it just kind of gets going and it kind of just doesn't let up. That is probably my favorite thing about it is that it doesn't really waste a whole lot of time with like, a whole lot of uh, exposition or anything like, I mean, it does have a lot of that because a lot of this stuff you need, but they do it like with the action. So it's not like you have to just go through all this different stuff or all these other characters are talking about it. Like, I think the smart thing they did was, and again, I know it's funny talking about a movie like that. Everybody's already seen, but me, but uh, having Kurt Russell is kind of like the fish out of water. We got to kind of be Kurt Russell in the movie, and we were kind of learning all this stuff mm. with him, which I think was a good tactic because while he was learning about it and while he was thinking all this was kind of bizarre and nuts, we were kind of thinking the same thing. Yeah, and like you said, they they explain stuff, but they don't explain every single thing in the movie, and and I think that kind of helps. You know, there's like certain things, and we'll kind of get into it a little bit later, but you know, there's like monsters that they never explain what where they came from or who they are or anything like that and when they do kind of explain the things that need to be explained they do it very quickly you know they don't spend 10 minutes talking about Lopan and what I mean they they mention it here and then they'll go do something and then they'll come back to it which like you said I think it helped keep the pace at a good clip so that way it's always you know getting on to the next thing and um I think the thing I, I like most about this movie is, and we're both big fans of kind of this genre of like action comedy, but I think the, the thing I like most about it is everybody kind of knows that like Kurt Russell is kind of like, he's got that kind of bravado, like that fake bravado. Like he's almost overcompensating a little bit by the way he interacts with like women. And you know, when he's talking on the CB in his truck, but then he he does something and it's like oh okay he he is kind of badass but it it never like goes one way too far in one direction you know what I'm saying like yeah. they always still keep him kind of that same way and then they still have it to where like he screws up throughout 
the movie. Like he's not just some badass that can go in there and, and you know kick the shit out of everyone. Um, each and every time, you know, yeah. it's it's one of those things where he's he's constantly he's got that he's got that fake um or he's he's got that confidence, but he sometimes he doesn't have the skills to back up his confidence. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's a he's a truck driver, and so that you know that alone kind of shows you at the beginning, like, hey, he's kind of an everyman, like he's like an every yeah. guy type of guy, and uh. It's a dude who, you know, really his arc in the whole movie, um, which I liked, was he just wanted to get his truck back. I mean, that was basically, his, I mean, yeah, he stuff happened in between that. Like, he wanted to get, you know, he wanted to save Kim Cattrall, and he wanted to help his friend or whatever. But, like, really, at the end of the day, he wanted to get his truck back, and he wanted to get back on the road. Well, not only that, he wants to get his truck back, but before that, he wants to get his money that he won in a bet yeah. with his friends. So, yeah, so everything's kind of branching off that. Like, hey, I, I just want my money, and then when he loses his truck, he's like, okay, now I want this too, or I want this back. You know, and, and um, I was thinking the whole time when I was watching it, like, you know, with that type of character, you know, with him being a truck driver, that it, you know, if, if that would have been made today, like, say, John Carpenter wanted to make... Uh, Big Trouble Little China today. He could actually make a like a you know kind of a mini series where each episode is like him showing up to something new, you know, like uh yeah. You know like Kurt Russell's character like Jack Burton like he you know it's called the Jack Burton, you know, cuz he's always talking on that thing and he could be like going to a bunch of different places and kind of getting himself into other type of shenanigans, you know. Well, this is actually um, based off of, a, I believe, a series of books. Um, oh. I'm, I'm looking it up right now. Um, so, yeah, so... Well, I could be wrong. I, I thought I thought it was, but um, I'll have to look more into that because I, I really thought it was based on, on a well, series of books. Well, regardless, it's... It, the character maybe i'm thinking of jack reacher well the character's kind of the typical like character you see a lot in television like you know where you know you you are kind of him you know in the audience like and he's kind of discovering stuff for the first time so i just thought that was a kind of a cool um i kind of liked that i liked how it wasn't like the this type of save the world plot line um i liked how it kind of it was kind of big and grandiose or whatever but it was also Again, it it was really just kind of contained. It wasn't like this end of the world type of thing, you know. Yeah, so I was wrong. So the character originated from Big Trouble in Little China, and then there's been like these, um, these like comics made after that, but it's all based on uh that character from Big Trouble in Little China. Okay, so, um, but yeah, and. You know, it's a, it's kind of funny that you because I wanted to talk about this a little bit later, but we'll jump into it right now since you brought it up. Um, you know, if they were to make that today, they're ma- they're rebooting it or remaking it with The Rock. Good, and and it it's gonna fail so badly because the biggest thing that this movie, first of all, and look, I'm a, I'm a fan of The Rock. We we've been following The Rock since you know his wrestling days. I mean, you know we've. I wouldn't say we really enjoyed his movies that much. I mean, there's a few that, that I like, but for the most part, I, I think his movies have been pretty atrocious. But the thing that, like, you can't replace Kurt Russell. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel 
I feel there's certain movies that you shouldn't reboot because either the character was so great that you're not going to be able to match it or the entire movie is just that way. And, and you know what I'm saying? It was, it was kind of the way I felt about like when they remade point break, like you're never going to recapture that again. Well, I mean, I, I don't even, it, it bores me even to, uh, to complain because they, they just continue. Hollywood just continues to do it. So like, Mm-hmm. No matter how much you and me complain, they're going to keep doing it. And the sad thing is, is it's probably going to make enough money to be considered a success. And that'll just keep them continually to do it. It's kind of a low risk, high reward. I mean, it's not like Big Trouble Little China license is like this sought after thing. I mean, they're still making stuff off of it, but it's not like the Ghostbusters or, you know, it's kind of more of like a cult classic from the 80s. It's kind of picked up popularity. You know, I mean, I, obviously it's popular. But it's not one of those things that, like, I don't think people that haven't, that didn't grow up with it, I don't think there's a lot of people, like, today that know a whole lot about Big Trouble Little China. I mean, it was only one movie, so it's not, and I know they've done some comics, and I know that they have, like, a legendary card game, um, and, like, board games and stuff, but, uh, yeah, I just, again, I, 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 I just think that when you look back at it, it's like, you know, they gave Carpenter a lot of freedom with this, and... You know, even though I'm I'm mixed on how I feel about the movie, I'd much rather go see a thousand Big Trouble Little Chinas than the stuff we're getting today. Just because it's unique, um, you know, it's unique, it's original, it's like it's out there, it's a bunch of different genres mashed up together. It's got a really cool star that you like. Yeah, so I mean, like you said, um, you know, they I can't remember exactly what point in the movie. That you said this, I think. I think it was towards the end when that huge monster, like, kidnaps Kim Cattrall, and you were just like, "Man, they just let." Uh, you actually said they just let John Carpenter do whatever the hell he wanted to. <laughs> like, they just gave him a, a bucket of money and said, "Here, just whatever your idea pops up in your head, just go with it." And um, you know, cause at that point he, he had had, um, he had had quite a bit of success. You know, he, he had the thing had come out Halloween one and two. Did he direct? He didn't, Halloween? he didn't he direct. Did, Hall- he did the and second the thing one. was kind of a flop at the box office. I mean, it, it, it yeah. ended up being a, you know, arguably his best film. I mean, if you really talk to people and ask what the best carpenter is, but, uh, but yeah, and he did the, uh, you know, he still did the scores for a lot of these movies, you know, but, uh, I think that after this one again, I'd, I'd, if I had to guess, this was kind of a another one that maybe underperformed at the box office. I'm not sure because I just now saw it. So, um, but it did seem like they he was exhausting his like creative uh, freedom. Like I feel like after this one, like if this one, I'm not sure what he made after this one. Um, so I'm looking at it right now. So he did. He did this one, and then a year later, Prince of Darkness came out. Then They Live, a year after that. Um, and then he kind of has a break. And then well, then he does, I don't know if he, did he direct that? Yeah, and then he directs um, Memoirs of an Invisible Man starring Chevy Chase, which just from the poster does not look good. And then uh, In the Mouth of Madness, and then he kind of gets yeah, back I mean, to he, his roots. But th- these are all movies that, people still talk about especially like in the horror sci-fi community and that's the thing carpenter is like a master in that community like if you talk to people that just watch like uh 
like maybe mainstream movies or people that don't really like like horror sci-fi they probably know who carpenter is but they haven't seen a lot of his movies but for people that love horror and love sci-fi and love that type of stuff like carpenter is probably the top of the top guy yeah and i'll say this too um the movie came out in 86 so the movie's been out for what 30 35 years and it still looks great i mean the and that's one thing that Carpenter's always been amazing at is like the um, the visual effects, especially uh, I'm trying to think of the word, but you know, kind of like in the thing, like practical effects, mm-hmm. like those have always been way ahead of their time. But even even now, like the monsters that he had in the movie, and and yeah, one of them was computer generated, but the other one, I mean, it looked great, and like all the special effects and all that stuff looks really good. Yeah. Like if you didn't know any better. You would you would think that this movie came out like a few years ago and was just set in an earlier time period, you know? Well, and it also goes to um, show you that cell phones have ruined movies. Also, I mean, it's it's like you know, with cell phones, like I, I just love when I watch movies before cell phones became a plot point or a plot device. Like it, like you have to explain the cell phone in every movie now, and so you either have to have no signal. Or you have to just pretend... Like, there's some shows that don't even pretend to have them. Like, they just kind of hope that you're like, hey, man, why aren't these people on their cell phone? Well, especially, like, horror movies. I feel like horror movies do that the most. you got to explain it. Right? Because people are always... The audience is going to be screaming, why aren't you calling someone? Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. With this movie, things could have been solved with a couple phone calls. But it's just like Home Alone, you know? Like, everybody says, like, man, it could have been... But, like, before phones, like, this is how people handle business. But even but even Jack says that the police have more important things than dying. Yeah, so, he didn't want to call the police. You know, no, he wanted he wanted to take care of it on his own. And again, I don't think um, the police. I don't think the police would have believed him anyway. Yeah, I mean, who's I would thought it was a prank believe, call. Yeah, who's going to believe that that story? But uh, one of the one of the times where um. You you seem to like get the biggest kick out of was when you see Lopan the first time as the old man and he and he rolls in on his uh on his wheelchair and dude you were <laughs> we were just sitting there and then after the movie like you were like acting like that guy but it's just so funny how that they just do such creative things with like characters that could have just been one note char- you know they could have easily not had the the comedy stuff in there, you know, they could have just had him be very serious and everything. And it would have, but just that little like hint of, okay, this movie knows what it is. It's not trying to be a you know, an award winner. It's just trying to tell a story and make it to where people have fun and, you know, watching it and enjoying it. And and I think that there's not enough movies like that now. You know what I mean? Like it feels like every movie that's made is okay. How much mo- how much money can we make off this? Can we make a sequel of it? I mean, can, if this movie came out today, they would have had three sequels already ready to go. If it did well at the box office, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I mean, uh, you know, I think with the uh, the reason I like the low pan stuff is because I felt like during those moments is the the where they struck the right balance of it being kind of goofy and kind of a send up of like maybe some like Kung Fu movies and also a send up of like, you know, 
you know, at the time, like I said, 86, that's when you had a lot of like the big action guys. I mean, it was like they were going in, they Uh were just wiping people out. They were like no prisoner and they kind of, you know, with Jack Burton, he's kind of more of like a John McClane type, even more of kind of a, you know, not more of a screw up because John McClane's not a screw up, but like he's kind of a screw up. He's kind of like a goofy McClane. And, um, well, I would, yeah, like I wouldn't say they're screw ups, but they're human, right? Yeah. So they, you know, they make mistakes that normal humans would make, but in like a Schwarzenegger film, they're not going to show that, right? Yeah. Well, they play, they play a lot of, you know, they play it they, again. I, I think in the movie, if I'm being honest, they overdo it a lot. And I know that's the point, but like some of the stuff lost me, like the guy, uh, you know, getting, you know, blowing up you know, becoming like a big old mass of air and blown up. Like, you know, I, again, I, I think that when it was good, when it was at its best is when it, it, when it focused on like kind of making some jokes, but not going so over the top that, because it was already so bizarre, the plot, and you kind of really didn't understand what was going on, but you knew enough about it to where you're like, all right, I'll just follow along, like whatever. And that's when I thought it was at its best. So like the scenes were like, even the scenes where they're doing the wedding rituals and stuff where they're like, you know, kind of hypnotizing the two girls or whatever. And then they like get on the sword and they fly up to the scene. Like, I thought that stuff was really cool and effective. Um, you know, and, and, and the reason I thought low, low pan is like an old man. Cause that was kind of cool. It was almost like a Shang Tsung type of, uh, type yeah. of vibe. Where I'm like, sure they probably, I'm sure that's probably where they got Shang Tsung from. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Some capacity, I would, I would, you know? I would guess that. Yeah. But yeah, overall, um, overall, I mean, like I said, I you know that that's when I that's the balance I like the best is when they were when it was kind of something you could laugh at, but it was it was still kind of some stuff was at stake there. That's I, f- I felt like half of the movie did that really well, and then the other half maybe not so much. Well, and it's for me. I mean, again, I you know I'm I'm a huge fan of this movie. I think obviously more than you, but even rewatching it. You, you kind of forget like just how weird it gets at, you know, towards, especially towards the end. I mean, it kind of has this weird, like supernatural type thing. And then in the third act, man, it just completely, like I said, they have some werewolf creature that they never explain who he is, what he's doing. Um, but again, I, you know, I, I, I kind of think that's cool. You know, I, I kind of like, sometimes where they don't feel like they have to explain every little thing that you see, but I do completely get where you were coming from, where you said, you know, sometimes they, they kind of went too far. Like they, they let the the joke go way too far. And then it, it kind of seemed ridiculous where some of the other stuff you can let fly, like, okay, you know, whatever. But I, I, I totally get what you're saying. Um, I was also thinking, uh, towards the end where you think that Jack is going to, you know, ride off with Kim Cattrall's character. And he basically just tells her like, Hey, it's, you know, it wouldn't work out. Like, you know, I, I would get on your nerves eventually. And then the, uh, the other girls like, aren't you going to kiss her? And he's, and he just turns around and it, it really made me think about, um, return of the Jedi with Han Solo, where he just says, I know, but he just turns around and just says no, and then just walks out. And it's just like, you know, they they kind of took something that everybody thought like, oh well, they're gonna end up together, and then this and this and this. 
And, you know, he, that's not what he, he just wanted to get back to his truck and get back on the road and do his thing. And I, I, I love that part. Yeah, that was a good scene. I mean, uh, you know, and, and again, I liked, I liked, I liked more when it was focusing on, um, I thought there was a lot of scenes where like, I, I, I and again, I, I feel like Carpenter really like loves the genre that he was kind of based in the movie off of. I'm sure he's a huge fan of that, that type of mythology, the culture, the, uh, you know, those type of movies, but there was times where I just felt like stuff just went on a little too long for the, like, you know, and, and I really liked when it was moving, you know, like the movie was moving, Mm -hmm. like things were happening. You were discovering stuff as it was happening. Um, the worst thing for me in a movie is when like, you know, people just kind of sit around a table and kind of tell the audience everything. It's like, they're trying to catch up the audience for like five minutes. And so I like when it's kind of shown through action or shown through whatever. And that's why I liked how, some of the stuff that was happening, they did a smart thing by cutting to Kurt Russell or cutting to Jack Burton and like showing his like confusion. And like, they basically, you know, just said, just, just go with it type of thing. And then you're kind of as an audience member, like, all right, well, if if he's kind of learning as he goes and he doesn't understand it, then, you know, cause you never, as an audience yeah, member, that- you never want to be the, per- you never want to be like, you definitely want to feel smarter than the characters in the movie, but you also don't want the characters in the movie to know stuff you don't. Yeah, you don't want to be the smartest man in the room or the dumbest. You know what I mean? Like, you don't want to know everything, but you don't want to have it dumbed down to where... Or or you just don't want to be completely in the dark, right? Yeah. So, I, I think they strike a pretty good balance. And I, and I get what you're saying about the... Um, like that five minutes of, expedi- of exposition where they're just kind of sitting there. And they do that two different times. Um, and I think they could have done it all in one... Instead of having two different scenes like that, they could, I think they could have done it. In and one. Prince of Darkness does um, that does that a lot. I mean, and Prince of Darkness is a oh, really, really interesting movie. Yeah, but it uh it it is a lot of exposition in Prince of Darkness. Like it literally like is having to tell you all this different stuff, and and the reason it works is because sprinkled in is some like horror stuff and some stuff that's kind of bizarre, kind of like this. But um, but with this, since it's more of like a action kind of paced movie. Um, I pointed out a little bit more, but again, overall, I mean, I enjoyed it. I had a good time with it. Um, I'm definitely gonna have to w- watch it again. I think it's one of those movies that, you know, I, I, again, cult classics like that. The first time people watch it, you know, I doubt the first time you watched it. I, I'm sure as you watch, the more you watched it, the more you enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely one of those that, because I, I think for me, when I watch a movie kind of like that, the first time, I see it. I'm kind of getting, you know, uh, oriented into what the whole movie is about. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause you have like your sense of reality of what's possible and this and that. And then you start seeing this stuff and, and it's kind of, it's kind of an overload of just fantastical things happening all at once. And, and sometimes they can just kind of not sit with you the right way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Especially if it's a movie set in like a real world city where everything else is um, is normal, and then you just have all this really weird stuff happening in like a small area. But I think that the more that you do watch it, I think I think you kind of forget about all those things, and you don't you don't think about it as much, right? So when I was, you know, when I tell people like, "Oh, this movie's great," I, I forget about all the really weird stuff that probably some people aren't going to be that keen on, right? So you know, the floating eye monster thing like that's gonna some people are gonna roll their eyes at that 
And, but to me, I don't even think about it because I've seen it so many times that it's just kind of like normal. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I like weird stuff. I, I mean, the weird stuff's not what kind of turned me off of it. Uh, the stuff that I didn't, that I thought they could have. And again, it's a different, like I said, you know, when you watch movies from, from a different, uh, you know, from 86 and it's your first time watching it in 2022, I mean, it's going to, some stuff's not going to hit the same way, you know? So, yeah. Um, I'm again, I'm not even criticizing it really. Um, it was just kind of one of those movies. that's like kind of a fun, like little Saturday, Sunday afternoon. If you catch it on TV, I'll leave it on there. I'll watch it. That's the weird thing too. You never see this movie on TV, which I, which I, yeah. you know, cause but if I would have ever caught this on TV, like I would have watched, but again, it's, it's, I usually don't see it on like the cycle. Like, you know, it's usually something you might see on like AMC or sci-fi channel or something, you know, but, um, yeah. But I mean, overall, like I said, it's a fun movie. Um, I don't think it's anything that's like, you know, groundbreaking, but, I, but again, like I said, it's, it's one of those ones where I'd much rather see that than, um, the 500th, you know, Batman movie yep. or something, you know, I mean, again, I like the Batman stuff, but again, I, I've seen a lot of that already. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I want to see, I'm like you, I, I want to see more and, you know, it's probably not going to happen in a for a while, but you know, I want to see more original characters, more, you know, it's like they're coming out with scream five this year, you know, why not just, and I know why, because it's easier to just make money when you already have a successful franchise to just roll out another one, but you know, make a new screen, you know, do something that, um, like Wes Craven did when he kind of reinvented the whole slasher genre when screen came out. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to happen. Nobody will do that. I mean, it's cause, not gonna happen. Yeah. Cause nobody wants to take chance. Yeah. Well, it's, and everything's going to go to TV. I mean, there's no more, you know, we've talked about this before. This is a different episode, but, and I'll just leave it at this. We've talked about this a million times before the $20 million movie is it's a, it's never going to be the 20 to $50 million movie. It'll never exist again. It's like either huge, big budget, or it's like super indie. Like everything else is like either going to be an established property or it's going to be TV. Yeah. Yep. Hate to say it, but I think you're right. But uh all right, man. Well this uh this movie I felt like this was a movie that and it helped that you had never seen it, but um this month is gonna be action comedy month, so uh I thought this was a good one to kinda start off with. And again, I I was shocked when you told me you had never seen this one. Um but I'm glad we got to watch it today and kinda uh air out our different thoughts about it. So, uh, Justin, thanks again for, uh, joining us. Is, is there anything else you want to add before we, uh, head out? Uh, no, not really. Not, I just want to make sure though, that like I, I am going to, ha- I am going to want to rewatch this one later on. I feel like again, probably like in a few months, um, just to kind of appreciate it a little bit more. Cause like I said, it, it, it's, it's, it went, it's just a lot, uh, you know, to, and I'm not the type of person I don't like to do like a review or like a, uh, a discussion like so soon after I've seen it, I like to sit with it for a little bit longer or maybe watch it again. But, um, I do understand why it was super popular and I do, um, enjoy it. And like, I, I did remember some of the scenes that I had caught from time to time. So the stuff I remembered from it, I remembered, like I remembered the fantastical stuff. And so the, when I rewatched, when I watched yeah. it this time, I really liked the, the kind of smaller moments, the, you know, Jack Burton and his eight, you know, and his semi, you know, talking and making jokes and, you know, just the whole thing. So that's the stuff that I really enjoyed this time around. 
Well, and the last thing I'll say, my favorite scene in that whole movie, I think, is when they are in the truck and they turn down that alleyway and then that funeral is going on and those two gangs start fighting. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, those like three, the three storms, I think they're called or something like that, yeah. come down and it. I felt like at that point it could have it kind of it it kind of could have taken more of almost a not a horror movie but kind of a more supernatural type thing because you know when I was a kid I remember that kind of being a little scary you know like having these dudes fly around and and you have this like scary looking low pan dude just breathing you know firing bolts out of his eyes and stuff mm-hmm. um, but I, I like the I like the way that they did it but. I could also see them taking it a different way and it being a completely different movie and, and me liking that movie as well. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, John Carpenter's great. Um, I think he's one, he's one of those that as soon as you start seeing and hearing the music, you immediately know it's him. So I always love when directors do that, but all right, well, thanks again, Justin, for joining us and we will see you next time.